0: You're listening to Errol Parker and Clancy Overall,
1: editors of The Batuta Advocate on Desert Rock FM. Hello readers and welcome back to another week of The Batuta Advocate radio show here on Desert Rock FM.
0: Yes, thank you for tuning in for another week with myself Clancy Overall and fellow editor Of the Batuta advocate Errol Parker.
1: Yes, hello everyone. Yes, it's been a busy week up here in the Channel Country for us, and we're capping it off now talking to a famous Queen Beanite.
0: Queen Beanite, Queen Beanese perhaps? We'll have to check up on that one, but we do have a famous Australian from one of the interstate appendages of Canberra here in the studio today.
1: Yes, there have been a surprising number, a disproportionate amount of notable Australians from Queen Bean. Uh, There's David Campese, who famously went to a public school and somehow managed to get a start with the Wallabies. Captain, wasn't he? He was the captain. He was uh, there on the wing, I think he was. He scored many tries, led the Wallabies to the 1991 World Cup victory. That is an anomaly in
0: in that particular sporting code. Then, of course, you have George Lazenby, the only Australian to play James Bond, uh, which is is quite a claim. He was also a model and a professional golfer at one point. And then, of course, Ricky Stewart, the coach with the best entertainment value in the NRL and a confirmed uh, problematic, perhaps, habit of chasing wooden spoons. Yeah,
1: well, he's never coached the Newcastle Knights or the Titans, so I don't think he's got too many spoons in that drawer of his. And then there's another Wallaby, Matt Gitto, who famously kicked the Wallabies to a 9-8 loss to Scotland in Murrayfield back in 2009, if I'm not mistaken, uh, he kicked so well that he only managed to kick one. Uh, that was from the sideline, blowing, and he missed three right in front. And then, of course, Suzanne Blath, uh She's an Olympic gold medalist in the women's shooting. Clancy.
0: Yes, yes, another famous Queen Bee. Queen Bee Knight, Queen Bee Insider, if you will. A lot of a lot of prominent people, mostly sport, uh, sports stars, have come out of the New South Wales owned suburb of the ACT, um, and it is it is renowned for. Uh, for providing the real world outside of the bowl of Canberra with a lot of entertainment. And there's surprisingly many more uh, that we haven't mentioned today, including the man we are about to speak to, Hal Kefu, who at one point could have been one of Queen Bean's famous sporting products, but instead chose the life of Australian hip-hop
1: royalty. Yeah, he runs a hip-hop show on Triple J, for those listening at home or those listening at the Diamantina who might not have access to Triple J. He's got a 20-year career in in the industry as both an artist and a record label executive, Clancy.
0: Yes, he's done a lot in his time for the hip-hop, Australian hip-hop culture, and for the Polynesian community in the arts, uh, full stop. And he stopped here today in town to check out some emerging hip-hop talent in the Diamantina, uh, mostly from Batuta Ponds.
1: But, uh, you know, while he's on the lookout, we've invited him into the studio, and he's agreed to have a chat with us. And he's going to talk to us about a whole manner of things today, he says, including... Of course, the frosty relationship between Triple J and MC Cursor, who fired a shot on our podcast just a few short months ago.
0: You might remember this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we saw that one the other day of you, someone threw
0: a a Triple J banner on stage. Yeah,
1: no, man, it was behind the sound guys, and the sound guy was spewing too, man. It's, (laughs) It's behind his head, and I noticed it just before we went on stage, and then... My mate's like, oh, I'll go take it down. again." go, nah, I'll take it down after the first song. So, like, did first song and then, oh, there's a Triple J banner. Bring that here. Just ripped it up. The crowd went crazy, man. They know the backstory to it. There's no
0: explaining. Yes, he's going to explore that relationship with the abrasive Campbelltown hip-hop artist and Aria Chart Topping MC, Cursor, and much, much more. How? How are you, mate?
2: I'm really good. Thanks for having me, man.
0: We originally had plans of doing a cypher today with Howe, a rap cypher, where Errol and I had actually been working on our stuff. But we thought, you know what, let's just, uh, let's just have a flat-out interview with Howie. Uh, Howie, what's been happening, mate?
2: Everything, man. Uh, hectic times, but good times. Uh, you know, it was, it was a family and a, a few jobs under my belt. Mm-hmm. Keeps me on my toes, but I, you know, I wouldn't
1: have it any other way. Yeah, I think it would have been the first... Uh, it was a cipher, you said. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think that would have been the first one we had here on this country rock radio station. I'll tell you what, you know, we've had, we've had curse through here. You know, he didn't offer to spit some bars. You know, it's it would have been nice, but you know.
0: Well, we did um, have on high rotation a couple of years ago. Tim McGraw fit Nelly, which was, I guess, the <laughs> classic closest yeah. country hip hop fusion we've had. That I'll must do. that must
1: have been a bit before my time. Yeah, you know?
0: mm-hmm. it might have been. Also, Florida Lion did a song with Nelly as well. He's he's actually uh, quite a skirt. diverse artist. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of diverse, uh, well, artists, but as well as just career wise, Howie, mm. you've you started. Um, as a MC, producer at at any
2: point? MC, uh, yeah, I actually did produce a few tracks here and there. Um, But yeah, predominantly an MC. Mm -hmm. And that was out of Queanbeyan? Out of Queanbeyan. Coolism was the the band? Yeah, well, I was actually born in Canberra, but then, you know, a few minutes after that, Mm -hmm. straight back to 2620. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, stomping grounds of, of Canberra and met Daniel, uh, around 90, 92, mm-hmm. and yeah, from there we, we formed various groups but ended up being coolism. Coolism. Yeah.
0: And so that, for for the listeners uh, in the Diamond Tennis Shire or around the country that uh, aren't familiar with this particular genre of Australian, uh, I mean, uh, the aria is called urban music, but you, yeah. then again, you just said you're from Queanbeyan, which is technically <laughs> yeah. rural New South Wales, <laughs> Australian hip-hop, which has yes. moved leaps and bounds, and you mm. were obviously a pioneer in that in the early days um what were you up against just trying to be a rapper back when silver chair was the most popular music
2: <laughs> yeah a lot of the times people were like "What well, you rap you know that you're not even american yeah and it's like yeah well you know i know some opera singers the country singers they're not american or italian either mm-hmm. so there's a lot of those arguments and it a lot of it was dealing with our own identity mm-hmm. You know obviously grew up listening to a lot of stuff from the uk and america and you start off rapping like an american like your favorite american artist but then you're like you know what we're australian let's use australian slang let's mm-hmm. talk about you know when i started rapping i talked about playing rugby and mm-hmm. and being tongan and mm-hmm. um and it's just about that really
0: and what's the what is the demographics of queen being like when you were a kid anyway
2: there are a lot of um a lot of kiwis mm-hmm. a lot of molded people there a lot of uh as we we call them Macos, uh, Macedonians yeah Macedonians yeah. Um, a lot of Italians Um that was it you know a few handful of Asians as well you know predominantly white mm-hmm. um, but you know and, and you looked at Cambrian and it was quite multicultural it wasn't like when my cousins grew up in Auckland or grew up in Sydney They they were predominantly mixed with islanders mm-hmm. whereas we were kind of forced to grow up with everyone which was was awesome
0: lots of international babies in Canberra too like diplomats kids and all of that <laughs> yeah kind of shit. Yeah, got, yeah growing up with mates from uh, you know Venezuela to <laughs> Holland <laughs> <laughs> and uh and and you so from there you were actually uh chartered with coolism you guys were on the charts um or was it was it more of an underground kind of thing it,
2: no it was definitely an underground thing you know like canberra i was always well known for their djs and mm-hmm. graffiti writers mm-hmm. and i mixed up a lot of the graffiti writers and that whole culture it was crazy you know a lot of a lot of fights a lot of this and that you know a lot of stealing a lot of racking and you know a lot of drugs and this and that and i grew up with a lot of those guys and they kind of taught me the ropes with a lot of things. Even though I didn't write, I was a rapper. Mm-hmm. And then I would come up to Sydney and mix up with people from West Ride and those sort of areas, and they were heavy in the streets. And mm-hmm. So I grew up with a lot of those guys, but I was more like, you know, I, I rap and I play r- rugby, mm-hmm. you know, and I was mixing up with them, but and it was exciting, but I was more the music thing where they were in the
1: those other things. Mm-hmm. Street things. So you're playing league or union down here? Union, league, man. Yeah. Union. union,
2: of course. Mm-hmm. I, I did play league school and, and for one year outside of school. One year I played league and union. You know, back in those days mm-hmm. where you could back up the next day. Like, yeah, I feel good.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm going to play another Sat- game. Saturday, Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah go on other days. Um, and did that ever look like a thing? Yeah.
2: Yeah, definitely. You know, there was a time where, you know, I was playing. I was playing at not a bad level. We, we had a team... In the New South Wales competition, mm-hmm. back then it was called Canberra Kookaburras. So I was playing Colts. Then at that time I was like, you know what, I'll I'll, I'll give this a crack. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to play for the Wallabies or Plan B, play for Tonga. Mm-hmm. And and then music started taking off, and 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 I just chose music to mm-hmm. you know to my father's dismay, but yeah. you know mm-hmm. he understood it after a few years later. Um, but yeah, rugby has always been a big thing. Yeah, I mean not only for myself, but You know, my dad and my uncles and all the relatives in Tonga.
0: So did your family come via New Zealand or was that just cousins over there?
2: No, no. uh, My uncle came to Canberra to go to uni in sort of the late 60s, early 70s. And then he brought over his brothers Mm -hmm. and, and some other boys from the same village, which included my wife's dad. Oh, really? So um, they all came at the same time and my uncle was like setting them up and said, okay, you're going to be a mechanic, you're going to be a painter, you're going to be an electrician, you're going to be a draftsman. And then they set up shop and then whenever anyone needed something, they just hold it at the other. Formed other their deal. own com- uh, economy, it. it's really. It's like mafia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The tradesman mafia <laughs> yeah.
0: And this
1: podcast, Errol, is brought to the listeners by a company who won't charge you money after you die. No, they're not like some of our other esteemed financial companies who've made a bit of a habit of ripping people off. Even when they're dead, yes. It's a, it's a rare thing, but people like this do exist, and they're a nice little investment app called Raise. They'll help you save by taking small amounts of everyday money from transactions and investing it into a portfolio just for you. That's right, Errol.
0: If you spend $4.80 on an extra large flat white at a drive-thru in Brisbane, Raise will skim the $0.20 cents off that transaction and place it into a fund and
1: invest it for you. So get around raise spelt R A I Z if you want a financial company that skims money to help you save, rather than skims money to line their own pockets in the hope a royal commission doesn't come along and out them. Like any investment, raise
0: carries normal market risk. So make sure you read the product disclosure statement. Okay, cool. So so when did that? When did you start going on tour? And was that a shock to the system?
2: Yeah, definitely. Because especially at that time, mm-hmm. you know, there was no infrastructure. There was no industry for us. It, no one believed in, in hip-hop being made in Australia. Um, and so you, I would travel from Queen B.A. to Sydney for shows. Mm-hmm. and know, you yeah. play for, like, 20 people or whatever. But that 20 people were passionate yeah. people at <laughs> that, that were the time. They real fans. Yeah, they, they were really in it for love and for the culture of things. And even that was really exciting. Like, oh, wow, we're going to go to show and they're going to pay us $50 to do this? Like, oh, awesome. And I just remember... Uh, the first time we got paid to travel interstate our first interstate show was Adelaide mm-hmm. coincidentally that was the first time I met the hoods mm-hmm. as well and because um, you'd hear about people like oh wow yeah these guys so is-
0: the hilltop hoods were kind of pioneers as well I yeah, guess nah, on the other side of the country yeah
2: definitely you know there were in each state in each territory there were you know a few people doing it and and at that time there was internet wasn't even popping like that mm-hmm. you know yeah. one of our friends had a mobile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it was that time. Yeah. and um, Street press. That's yeah, street press was a big thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, the only way you'd find out about some and no one had videos, mm-hmm. music videos. Yeah, for sure. And so the only time you'd hear about someone is when you went to a record store and then the guy working at the record store would be like, hey, have you heard of these guys? They're from Melbourne. They made this. And you're like, oh, wow. And so when you went to Melbourne or when they came to wherever – and you'd see him like oh is that so-and-so over there and yeah. that's how you met people so Adelaide was our first interstate show and I remember turning to Daniel on the, on the plane like man can you can you believe this like people were actually paying us paying for the flight mm. and then paying us to perform it was it was quite a moment and it was quite overwhelming and then from there it, you know different states and then national tours and yeah it
1: was crazy. How do you think Adelaide uh, ended up as being the epicenter of of early Australian hip hop? Mm. Australia's Atlanta. I know, it's, it's very hot. <laughs> you know, the hilltops were basically mm. you know our outcasts, weren't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. I, I just think like, they just had yeah. a, a strong community over there. You know, yeah. they had certified Wires, which was a crew that hilltop hoods would spearhead, and, but they also had funkles and they had vents and they had. Um, after hours and all these other groups and I think they just had a strong collective that were all um strong in their in their own right and they just moved as a as a um collective. It wasn't and too
0: clicky either. Was that or was that hard for you to break into the Adelaide world or No nah,
2: no really. That was the, the that was the beauty of being from from Queen Bean because Queen Canberra wasn't really known for hip hop artists. And so wherever we went, we went um as these other guys, uh, yeah, as yeah. these other guys, and we were always welcome because we weren't involved in any politics, yeah. inner city politics, or even kind of big city politics. Yeah. Like yeah. back then, if Sydney and Melbourne was like, yeah. cla- I mean, it's always clashing, but it, yeah, it was like that. People would think, oh, okay, these guys are almost like, uh like neutral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we'd get along with everyone else too. And plus, I was told, you know, and I was like he's bigger back then, and I don't mess
0: Well, you weren't like a. A Skinny guy wearing a like a peaked peaked beanie, yeah, (laughs) and a A fringe popping out. Uh, now obviously, your old man would have to have been happy with how that turned out because if you look at Mm. the state of professional sports at the moment, (laughs) going on tour as a footballer in any code would result in more trouble than a hip hop.
2: Well, you know, it wouldn't be too bad because there was no mobile phones and social media, so you know, or stayed on field actually, you know. I stayed, well, went on tour, I actually stayed on tour. Yeah, yeah
1: and, and of all this stuff that's happened in the rugby league, and like, Mate. <laughs> in the off-season, I mean, you haven't heard a peep out of the union boys. I mean, like the last thing that I remember hearing about a rugby union boy acting up was uh, the halfback, Nick Phipps. He he pissed on a bar down there in Sydney. In Woolhara. In a private function like it was his buck's party and and what well, god Stand. forbid he he had a piss somewhere other than the urinal <laughs> and, and that was in the newspapers i mean I he didn't it was, even
0: it wasn't I mean, the newspapers for long I mean,
1: though it was in the village voice down in the willara he didn't even piss in his own mouth it was yeah. just on the floor yeah. <laughs> yeah it was quite timid
2: yeah, yeah. in comparison
1: well and there's oh, more, you know, there's there's you, know like, Cur-
2: you know curly bill had a few oh, yeah, incidents Cur- and he's um,
0: done his best to be in as many videos as possible
2: he was <laughs> just and, and he an old mate, um, he used to play as a fullback. Curly Bill's good friend, young uh, kid. And he was an awesome player, but then he just mucked up too many times. Yeah. Went to Europe and. Quite. No, no, uh, no. Young blonde, O'Connor. yeah. O'Connor, O'Connor. Yeah. O'Connor
1: got caught with a bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, he he was done the moment he, he goes. You know, I'm just trying to do what's best for the James O'Connor brand. It's <laughs> like, mate, don't say that.
0: <laughs> don't please, ever say that. Don't say that in a post-match interview for the Wallabies, please. <laughs> but um, it it is a bit like that. The rugby union guys, though, there's been no licks because, as it is well known, that rugby union players only have um, six to procreate and
1: uh, and they don't and they don't film so and they main and they always have to maintain eye contact when they're having sex they need to even if it's like it's like you know even if actually i should just stop yeah pull up up. (laughs) actually I, i remember when things were happening like
2: that back in the days and someone i think it might have been fitzy or something said um the difference is the union boys say thank you
0: afterwards. I mean, obviously it's
2: happening everywhere, but there's something really yeah. bad in that league yeah. culture. That's, well, not, all that's Also, this is there the first definitely...
0: time we've seen millennials who've grown up with iPhones. This yeah. is the first yeah, time we've seen 100%, what happens it. like, you know. there.
1: Uh, <laughs> it's one thing to whip it out and film it. It's another thing to put it up in a fucking public forum like... Yeah. Like yeah. a WhatsApp group that's full of people. You got no like, like. Yeah, there could X be, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like pull your head in. Oh, uh, it's Just, the worst. just, it's just horrible, a bit of common man. sense.
2: You know, and there's just. I mean, obviously, there are some some contributing factors. Mm-hmm. Social media, you know, access to porn, like how easy it is, and and no kind of monitoring at, whatsoever but you know there there's it has to start somewhere just respect yeah, you yeah, know yeah. like respect for a female respect for a fellow human being yeah, it's, it's it's messy
0: now back, but like uh, th- that is a good lead into where you're at now. Where you're,
2: <laughs> with, <where> you're, uh, <laughs> you got something I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's a good lead into where you're at now, is where you're looking for talent. And uh, you know, mm. uh, aside from football, you're looking for talent in hip hop. <laughs> yeah, and and I can imagine some of these blokes you're meeting might be a bit volatile and might need a little <laughs> bit of guidance. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I yeah. mean,
2: it, it's all walks of life, but um. Yeah. Um but you know hip hop's that culture you yeah. know it comes from the street yeah, essentially yeah. And, and a lot of people connect a lot of young uh, uh, artists connect with with things that are violent and things yeah. that are from the streets and, and and it is what it is as yeah. they say but it's it then it's like okay well this is your life now yeah but at some point you're going to have to evolve mm-hmm. as an artist and as a man mm-hmm. so that's where I feel I come in is to kind of nurture that talent but also just give them options like okay cool we, we want to stick with the street shit you know where that's going you have friends and family mm-hmm. dead or junkies or yeah. they're in jail yeah you can cool. you can go that way or with music that could potentially open more doors do shows tour you know Ooh. keep you out of the can what one thing
0: we have seen with with hip-hop in Australia is it actually has and and this would be an interesting one for for you of all people to kind of watch because you were you've kind of walked in both worlds between the mainstream and this underground, mm. which is getting more and more kind of grimy and kind of you know um street mm. as you said uh, what what if, what was your thinking when like the the charting kind of hip hop in Australia was kind of more about barbecues and you know going to festivals and stuff like that (laughs) as someone who obviously grew up listening to rap from all over the world
2: I don't know I I kind of feel like hip hop in Australia gets unfair rap about it's always about barbecues you know obviously there is and hey who doesn't like a barbecue to be honest um But I understand, you know, there there is some stuff. It's the
0: buzzword that people use. Yeah, I know, I know. It
2: kind of annoys me at the same time, but at the same time, I I do understand. Um, But yeah, that's why it's so exciting now, especially the last four years, is it it, it was uh, the breath of fresh air we so sorely needed, Mm -hmm. you know, because for a while when the hoods blew up, we felt like, yes, we've done it. One of our own has done it. And then they kind of created this... Thing. And it was like, oh shit, it's not exactly where I thought we needed to yeah. go as a culture, as yeah. music. But then, you know, a lot of people that felt they couldn't connect with that movement or felt outcasted from movement, like, you know what, fuck it, let's go do our own thing. And yeah. that's when things started getting exciting.
0: And social media, like you know, for all the uh, negatives uh, that we just mentioned, <laughs> has done wonders for, like artists across all genres, obviously. Mm. Uh, you know, a lot of people... Um, a lot, of, a lot of pop stars have made their name through through yeah, YouTube, YouTube you know? yeah.
1: SoundCloud. Yeah, yeah. I saw an interview the other day. You know, the uh, the Arctic Monkeys were here. <laughs> um, uh, they were, you know, they just did a tour of this country, and they said that they owed a lot of their early success to LimeWire. Yeah, and 100%. and the fact that people were like pirating the hell out of their music, <laughs> and then you know that's how word spread. Yeah, you know? definitely.
2: You know, because a lot of these countries wouldn't have access to CDs and mm-hmm. things of that nature. And, you know, um, it's like, and it's kind of a tangent, but Soldier Boy, when he first started making music he would upload his music to Lime LimeWire but would name it 50 cent in the club so when people started downloading it it was like a soldier boy song like what the fuck and then people would be like oh no this actually slaps
0: well that's why he, that's why he made, made sure to mention his name in every verse <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah.
2: soldier boy Um <laughs> uh, but yeah social media's been i mean it's catch-22 isn't it the whole internet thing but it definitely for the better has allowed um Hip hop artists of, of all genres, all sub genres, to connect with pockets of people around the world, Yeah. you know, with, without having to go through the traditional gatekeepers or or labels, mm-hmm. and um and it's it's been awesome. But at the same time, there's no real quality control. Yeah, you know, it's like wild <laughs> west out there. Like someone and and hip hop is world well stuff. Is right, <laughs> wild stuff <laughs> is, is at that point where it doesn't take much to to write a hip hop song. You know, if you have the program, you just record it, and then you can just straight away upload it to SoundCloud, and it just sounds like they recorded a song through a toaster. It's mm-hmm. like, but at the same time, there is a kind of charm about that.
0: Yeah, yeah, know. the the kind of rough. Yeah, yeah,
2: you know, and that kind of energy is like, you know, before it gets filtered, mm-hmm. and then polished, and then put out in the world. It's like, yeah.
0: Now we, we've interviewed David Lepepi Le and um, and Jochi from Gang of Youths, yeah. and they're uh, a big point they made actually when they won Album of the Year uh, in their speech beautiful, was beautiful uh, speech. yeah it was about how um, you know Islanders in Australia are, are now you know it's 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 a conversation everyone's having that you know you can be diverse in what you mm. do when you when you leave school and that kind of stuff, and they would I guess you'd say the most high profile polynesian rockers in the world
2: yeah definitely
0: um yeah, i'm not sure about the states but definitely in australia yeah um have, have you kind of seen that as well in the, in the public eye the the kind of the, the talent yeah. of um of, yeah. you know pi australians shining through
2: yeah definitely you know like and it goes both ways you know when you when you grow up in the 80s and 90s you know there's only certain things that you could do as a Pacific islander you can play football go stand outside of a door and be security or work council. And, you know, when your parents come from, you know, go to all ethnicities, when the parents come from overseas to Australia for a better life, more opportunities, they don't want to hear that you want to be a musician. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, man, we came over here. We want you to be doctor or something. Um, So we're kind of like, okay, we, we just need to do what we can do to make money. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I think with the new generations, they're starting to see like, oh, what we can we can be creatives. Yeah. Even for me to be a rapper was, was, was you know, and for me to chase that dream
0: it was a hurdle. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, my uncles would be like, oh, you know, yeah. that
2: there's no future in that. Which you know, I can understand because at that point, there really was none. And yeah. my parents, being the beautiful, loving parents that I have. Were supportive, but at the same time, they're like, Well, you got to have something else to fall back on. They, they um, had things set up just yeah, his dad, dad already bought his wallaby kid. Like, well, I'm going to bought his wallaby kid for nothing. Um, but yeah, and, and in recent years, it's been awesome that Pacific Islanders are uh, you know being able to do whatever they, they feel like they want without pressure from church or pressure from their parents, mm-hmm. you know. And um, it, it's a you know, you kind of inherit this feeling of not wanting to rock the boat, not wanting to, to be different. But now I, f- I feel that, that there's confidence growing in, in the younger generations.
0: And and there is uh, in the Australian hip-hop scene a, a bigger presence as well. It's not just mm. Howie anymore. <laughs> uh, the Triple One. Uh, no, sorry, not Triple One. Don't want to mix that one up. <laughs>
2: one Four is your
0: most recent um, mm. kind of... You spotted those guys. What what happened there?
2: Yeah, Turquoise Prince. Shout out to Turquoise Prince as yeah. well. Queen Bien. Queen Quim, Queen Well Well, that's uh, another story. Uh, but uh, arguably, if he wants to claim, <laughs> it's alright His old man was from there, so you know he's, he's got a right. <laughs> a uh, you know, feel fresh. There's, there's a there's a lot. Um, but yeah, one four boys. No, nah, they because they were already doing the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, by the time I saw them, they were already on like hundred plus thousand views. Yeah. And so you're looking at it, like, wow, this is. Crazy, and you know, I got involved because I could see that there's so much potential there, but they, they just didn't have the focus or dedication to commit to having a, a I guess, a career in music. You know, they're heavy in the streets and, um, Bella one, club is- yeah, you know, and one of them is is locked up, and one just came out. You know, it's a, a lot happening, and without any kind of guidance, um, it can just not. Go where it should go Mm -hmm. And I think um, Because I I I never had Any kind of Like my OGs Are street guys Mm -hmm. You know I didn't have anyone In the music industry Where I could reach out to Because we were trying to Figure that shit out ourselves Mm -hmm. And so Me being Having the experience That I have I've taken it upon myself To reach out To the young generation And say look Like what you're doing If you need any advice Or feedback I'm, I'm here You know And I think that's important To have With the younger generation And and with those guys, that's what I did. I said, "Look, if this is what you really want to do, then let's meet and let's let's talk and let's try and plan." And and, and that's what that's what's happened.
0: Uh, so, what capacity are you working in in that role? Is it you're with a with a label? Um, I do have a label. You you have a label. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, it's an imprint uh, um, of Sony, and it's called Forever Ever. And um, with these guys at the moment, I'm just like mentor, mm-hmm. which I am with with a lot of young artists just being there and because they're going to make mistakes and they should make mistakes that's how you learn but then my job is to alleviate as many mistakes as possible um, and that's like you know keeping those guys on the outside mm-hmm. um, as well as you know other artists is, when they're talking to people that are approaching them from that want to manage or want to sign them it's just like well let's talk about it This pros and cons blah 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 and, um, yeah, I love being one of those, you know, old, older statesmen, elder statesmen, and um, just being able to offer offer that advice and, and time and, and knowledge.
0: Now You you have had the hip-hop show on Triple J since about well, 10 years now. Yeah, this is the 11th year. 11th yeah, year. It's crazy,
2: right. yeah. And even before that, Maya had it for two years. Yeah. And then Nicole Foote, which was, she was the first host. I think she may have had it for two years as well.
0: Now, do you think that the you know you record later in the evening? Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you think some of the young lads that you bring in there for live ciphers and stuff might rattle the uh, everyday ABC employee down there at times? Yeah. We've seen a couple of those ciphers. In there. Yeah,
2: well, you know, it's it's, it's recorded late at night, so everyone's at home, <laughs> snug in bed. So, um, but when I yeah, it is interesting because because in the ABC building, obviously we have Triple J, but then you have National Radio, and then you have. You know, Everyone, a lot of suits yeah. in there yeah, as well. So when, suits. you know, I had um, one of the latest interviews I did was with A Boogie with a hoodie. You know, he's from the Bronx and he just has like the same amount of jewelry as like Migos. Yeah. You know, And he's just like walking through the foyer and everyone's just like, who the hell is this kid? You know, he's only like young kid. I think he made early 20s yeah. and just glowed up. And he's just, yeah. But at the same time, people are excited by it.
0: Christine Milne.
2: What? what? <laughs> what's, what's in the bum bag, lad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like I said, you know, because people, they live a certain life and it's just intriguing. It's like my wife, she she owns her own business and marketing and she has a very corporate lifestyle. And then when we head out to things, people want to talk to me because I'm just so... Foreign to their life, yeah, and it's intriguing. Yeah. Oh, when it's you just go to the same these... with the corporate, yeah. the corporate plus one, yeah. And they start yeah. asking about music and artists, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, Oh, yeah, yeah, before yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: being there, before, How are we yeah, <laughs> I know you can relate. Yeah. <laughs> when I put my jewelry on and head out to the regional <laughs> yeah. news, like functions, <laughs>
2: pull up in your race, yeah.
0: Now, um, so what, what can you see happening? What are some big names that everyone who's listening who might, you know, kind of be brushing up on all their? knowledge uh furiously now on their um iphones and all the names we're dropping. Who, who else can you tell people to look out for?
2: Man. You know, get, uh, uh, I, I,
0: unless you've got a verse coming up on someone's album or you've got your own album, you
2: know. <laughs> Hot sixteen. Um nice plenty. Like I mentioned Phil Fresh who I think he's gonna have an exciting year. He often travels around with Kwame and Kwame's having a great year as well. Um there's this young sixteen year old girl from Gold Coast called Hoodsey. Mm. And I think she's going to be something right. to watch out for as well, um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot, you know. And probably when I leave, I'll, I'll remember a whole heap more. Mm-hmm. It's like people say, "Oh, what are you listening to now?" And I'm like, uh, mm, dumb, so <laughs> off, off the top of my head, yeah, those two are going to be going to be exciting. And, and I'm excited for Hozie because we really need like female energy out here. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of test, t- testosterone flying around, and mm-hmm. too much of that is not healthy. So. Yeah, be good to see her do her thing.
0: Um, anything? Uh, there's a particular sound coming out of s- s- Western Sydney, um, which is a bit more of a, a look that you actually don't see anywhere else in the world. Which is the the, the Nordica and the bumbag Oh uh, yeah, the, yeah. That kind of vibe is that, is that in itself? Are there different kind of uh, chasms around the country? Different kind of bubbles in, in, that you're seeing? I mean, you, you, like you said, coming from Queensland is probably the best place to be placed. Uh, (laughs) looking looking out to the country.
2: Yeah, yeah. there are a lot of pockets and different types, you know, sub-genres. You you know, you get a lot of uh, West Sydney crew, which is interesting. I had my my nephew come out from New Zealand and they're starting to listen to a lot of those guys, like One Four, Hooligan Hefs, um, Pistol Pete and Enzo, and they're starting to dress like them. Yeah right, and use their Shea and Itzwa. and <laughs> so it's it's interesting because um, yeah, West, West Sydney's always been quite influential, but I don't think it, they've been given the love that they deserve. But now everyone's like, oh, West Sydney, and then it's going out to the world. So um, yeah, it's it's an interesting time, but it's great.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's it, it's always been interesting to have a look at the ARIA charts at the end of the year. I mean, you've got you know. Obviously, it's Christmas time, so you've got you know Michael Bublé, Michael Bublé, <laughs> Mariah Carey, I and think Cursor, John Legend. Just went, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, that they're all up there like that. But do you think now that that the country and indeed the world has has gone to shit <laughs> that the things that Cursor and and all and all people like in what they rap about is has become less abrasive than say what mm. powder finger was going on about <laughs> yeah. like 20 years ago being like you know just looking at a sunset and strumming my guitar <laughs> mm. um i don't know i think uh, yeah may-
2: maybe people are just more open to hearing about it yeah or people are more interested because you know west sydney has traditionally been looked down upon you yeah. know like hard working and or like kind of Bogans or Gronks just, or whatever. Yeah. Um, um So I think people are just more, well, the newer, newer generations anyway, are just more open to hearing what's happening out there Cause, and it's exciting. You know, I live out in the East and I'm telling you, there's not much popping out there besides...
0: Thought you'd be happy I made it. Hey, hey? yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> well, you know, exactly yeah. that, you know. I, I love it out there actually, but yeah, it's kind of bland compared to when you head out West and it's mm-hmm. like Culturally diverse, and for a
0: gig at an RSL or something else. Yeah, you know, at Panthers, you know, yeah. Panthers, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. Um, yeah after the cool. roast and mm. hit the open mic. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the wet counter meal. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, I've heard of. I've heard a fair bit of rap come out of the Blue Mountains down there in Sydney. That's, mm-hmm. it, that's well, it's Ma- an odd part of the world. I mean, it's just
2: not not really, man. Like Blue Mountains have deep history. You know, uh Hermitude from there, Earthboy. Uh, there's a lot of great artists have come there but had to move to Sydney mm-hmm. yeah. in order to make things happen um, but I, I'm thinking Blue Mountain's kind of like Bean, you know you just mm. isolated so you just work on yep. yeah on, it's come a long
1: way from being uh, the member there uh, in Blacksland some um, 30 odd years ago was Paul Keating you know they have come a <laughs> long way from, <laughs> <Yeah. haven't
2: laughs> gone from and I was mad freezing out there like Bean. yeah 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 it's
0: a bit like yeah a lot like the, the bowl that you kind of come from <laughs>
2: God damn it
0: gets
1: cold in. Oh camera. mate we used to,
2: I used to leave the studio at 3 o'clock in the morning And we'd have to scrape the ice off the windscreens
1: Yeah, yeah When I lived down there I, I had a tape deck uh, That was the very best of the eagles <laughs> That I just used to scrape all the ice off the screen with. <laughs> So
2: he just placed it on top Because it was so hot And it was just like <laughs> He missed it
0: now, it, it's one thing we, we should talk about is Cursor because mm. he has obviously been a big part, of, almost a pioneer of a new wave. No, definitely, 100%. Uh, kind of uh, you know Western Sydney sound, and, and but also not
2: s- or oh sound, but a very like a DIY yeah um, attitude.
0: Yeah, and he's and he and it's kind of undeniable now for especially like music executives mm. who. Probably were given the heads up on him five years ago, and and then now it's now he's kind of dismissed that world, and he's making his money off touring and and selling CDs. Yeah. People are buying his CDs.
2: Which... Don't forget the Cursor uh, bikinis.
1: Oh really? Cursor yeah. bikinis. He's, he's got some real out. merch.
2: Yeah, he sold them oh. out. Yeah.
1: Wow. And now he's wow. teamed
2: up with. Well, Nautica's teamed up with yeah. him as well,
0: which was a huge thing for for Massive. everyone, I guess. Massive. A sponsorship for for a hip hop artist. Mm. What, what what? When did you first see that? And did you see anything like like when you first saw what he was doing? Did you ever see the potential for that, or do you think it was just another one of those kids that could have been, you know, a flash in the pan?
2: Well, well, I no, I definitely saw it because that when I first saw him, like years ago, he was already on like hundred thousand views. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, fuck, who's this? Yeah. You know, because I hadn't heard of him. But my, my crew out that way were like, no, it's Cursor, You know, he's like king out yeah. there. And I was like, wow. And when I first met him, you know, Curse and I have had little words on social media. Um, but when I first met him, I said, um, I truly appreciate your hustle and what you've done to get this far without any kind of support from radio or TV. But I just for myself, I just couldn't connect with some of the songs because yeah. at that time too, he was making a lot of kind of dancey, yeah, yeah, yeah. track like almost house kind of tracks, yeah. and I was like, I'm trying to find something to play on the show, but I'm personally not connecting with it. But that's not saying that that won't happen. And he was like, Yeah, cool, cool I get that he has a very fuck triple J attitude, which is fine. Mm. I mean, a lot of people have that attitude and that's fine too. But when you say fuck triple J, you're saying fuck me too. Mm. Yeah. so I kind of feel like, where, and then when I pull up people, they're like, oh, where, like, I'm not talking about you, you know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, but when you say yeah, it, other people. We're talking about Ben Liam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, she and- um, about, yeah. and <laughs> you yeah, <Lewis and>, <laughs> <laughs> And you know, I played his uh, songs on the show, and he's been on my show twice. And, you know, he's kind of you know I seen, i have heard a lot. You know, the interviews didn't hear, and I, I you know I read a lot of his interviews, a lot everyone's interviews, because I'm just a rap nerd, mm-hmm. and I just like to see what people's doing. You know, and he's kind of conveniently left out that he's been on my show with Forte to talk about one of his albums. I think it was maybe the Scott album. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's not anything, but it's just like come on man
0: yeah
2: what, what you're saying you've, you've been on the show like you've talked
0: do, do, you, do you find that hard where you're kind of like seen as a gateway to mainstream radio play for a lot of kids and a lot of a lot of musicians and artists and then you, you can only get as far as you and you play them on your show and then and then people would kind of look at you as uh, you know having a, a lot more influence over what they're mm. playing on breakfast
2: sometimes I feel like that yeah yeah you know um
0: like literally, they are pissed off for Ben and Liam, but you're wearing
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, but I think most people know where my heart is. Mm-hmm. You know, me and what I've done for the yeah. culture and music, and and so if if something doesn't happen for them, they know it's not out of me trying to cop lock them. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's just not resonating further than my show. Yeah, um, which is uh, you know, I would love more hip hop. Yeah. Played outside of my show, yeah. But then you think about all the genres that are probably feeling the same way, yeah.
0: And you've got to 11. also imagine Richard Kingsmore listening to that demo you gave him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you know. I think a lot of people uh, kind of an- underestimate how much music we get as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and for them, like for me, it's just hip hop. Mm. But for them, for the everyone outside of hip hop shows like hip hop, rock, yeah, heavy like punk.
0: Dance Hmm. the 13 different versions of Ocean Alley that have popped up in the last four months. You know, so you know,
2: (laughs) you gotta gotta give them a break. You know, anything hip hop, yeah, yeah, you know, at me. I'm yet to see Cursor face to face since then. It'll be good just to have like a proper conversation about why he feels a certain way because I always thought we were cool, but then obviously he feels differently.
0: Do you feel like the beef is maybe getting less intense though across the scene because everyone's making money now?
2: let's like I, I, you know it, it it's it's because the scene is so small mm. and you're bound to run into someone yeah you know what I mean and if if it was like true beef then it will get handled like mm. because when you see them it'll something will happen so I you know I, I think people are just kind of a bit wary of that mm. um and you know what have we got to complain about really yeah you know, everyone's everyone has an opportunity to succeed.
0: And it is the most multicultural kind of genre in Australia. I guess we were saying with the hooligan hefts and, and uh, you know you guys in one four and now chilling it mm-hmm. like every kind of um, you know the, everyone's represented. Yeah. What, what are you seeing with the, the, that particular sound? Uh, the- chilling it. Do you think, feel like that's going to be the next big thing?
2: Yeah, kind of. It's. I mean, obviously he's the hottest artist mm-hmm. at yeah. the moment.
1: He'd be one of the biggest in Australia. Yeah, no, yeah. definitely. You know, mm-hmm. I think he's um, probably the most open about his love of a bamboo schooner. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: yeah he's, I mean, I think he was, you know, more streams than... Well, I don't know. Hoods just went number one, so I don't know. But I think, yeah, he's definitely the hottest thing. You know, hotter than probably Cursor. He's probably hotter than the Hoods. You know, especially with the young generation anyway.
0: Yeah. Well, but like even was probably hotter than. Missy Higgins, Courtney Barnett, oh, yeah, like yeah, 100%, yeah percent, yeah. yeah.
2: Um, but it's, it's amazing to see, mm. you know, the last what year when he came back to rapping, and then from then it just blew up. But you know, it's not only the music, you know, he's very charismatic, you know, he's awesome on socials and that's all the things that you have to take in consideration. Mm.
0: Hip hop in Australia's never really had a sex icon, is that what you're saying? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Apart from a young Howie, of course. <laughs>
2: oh of course, you know, before I got married, you know, I was out there. Nah. No, um
1: and DJ Debris. <laughs> <laughs> he was a hot piece of wasn't <laughs> <in a> <laughs> he? Sex
2: icon.
0: <laughs> Briggs, yeah. Briggs, you know?
2: Yeah, slimming down, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like you know, it's looking good these days. Um, but yeah and he's just that lovable chap you mm. know the one that the girls want to be with the one the guys want to hang out with yeah yeah so um, and you know he's about to do his tour and yeah it'll be interesting to see what the next release will be like Yeah, you know because I feel that the first one was just kind of it's a mishmash of what he was doing but seems to be he's focusing on creating like a proper body of work so yeah it'll be interesting to see where he goes from here
0: well, we've got a few gutter rappers in um, in Batuta. Uh, oh yeah, uh,
1: a burgeoning scene, bustling scene <laughs> out yeah, here. But it'll be a cold day in hell if if either Ben or Liam goes goes. Whoa! Language warning. Here's the biggest rap sensation out of Batuta.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who do you reckon would be the, the first
2: hottest export out of Batuta?
0: Yeah. The first artist? Yeah. Like the- uh, MC Stanley. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah. There's uh, Bumbag and yeah. Stanley. They're two popular... Um, popular- <laughs> Is he named
2: after, like,
1: the night? Yeah, yeah, Stanley yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah, I think he's involved. They're pretty in- hard. Both yeah. of their dads are lawyers, <laughs> and they went to a private school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: real blue and air survives. But are um, they're, they're, um, our, you know, there's a scenes popping off everywhere, and uh, we've got to thank you for coming in today, Howie. Yeah. Thanks I for this chit chat. It, it's an
2: honour, like, to, like fair and square. It's an honour to come on this show, and you know, you guys have provided the laughs for everyone for for a long long time especially for the Pacific Island community so you know I, as a representative of the community I thank you for the humour and you know some of my favourite articles from Batuta the um the one where the guy was was given permission to say us that was <laughs> yeah. up there and the laughing emoji one I yeah. think is well, right up there as well well
0: the Polynesian community are pioneers of the laughy cry emoji <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, uh, it's um, yeah, no, it's uh, again a multicultural part of the world, and we have <laughs> we have a big Pacific Islander community as well. So, and that that all comes through in the writing. But um, you know, we'll show you around the place now. Actually, now that we've um, yep.
2: now, now we've pleasure. finished the interview. Yep. Let's
0: let's go have a look, and uh, maybe we can do a little bit of a cipher later on. We won't record it or anything. Yeah. <laughs> we'll keep it. Lo- it's not the NRL. We'll keep yeah. these videos locked down.
2: <laughs> Thanks, Al. Uh, Thank <laughs> you. Thanks,
0: buddy. mate. And that was our interview with Howe, Lada Kefu. There's a lot going on in his world, a lot going on in the Australian music scene in general. So uh, we look forward to another prosperous year for those uh, in the makeshift recording studios around the country. uh, You're doing it for the culture. Congratulations and good luck. My name's Clancy Overall. Uh, This is the Batuta Advocate Radio Show. Thanks for tuning in. You be kind to each other.
1: And my name is Errol Parker. Until next week, never talk to the cops. They're not your friends. And always talk to them if you have a lawyer present only. And of course, say to the pokies.